Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening today. Now, today I'm going to be discussing Rutgers football, completing a dramatic 27-24 comeback win over Michigan State, really pulling victory out of the jaws of defeat at homecoming on Saturday and keeping Rutgers' hopes for a bowl alive and well. So let's go ahead and get started. In stunning fashion, Rutgers football beat Michigan State 27-24 Saturday during Rutgers' homecoming and one of the more dramatic comebacks Rutgers has had in a very, very long time. In this game, Rutgers was down 24-6 heading into the fourth quarter and scored the last 21 points of the game, outscoring Michigan State 21 nothing in the fourth quarter to complete a critical, critical comeback win for Rutgers. In, in a team that is desperate, desperate for wins in Rutgers. With the win, Rutgers now moves to 5-0 and at home, believe it or not, and 5-2 and overall, with a winnable game coming up next week at Indiana. So how about that? Rutgers got some critical, critical turnovers in the fourth quarter from the Spartans, and they rode the impressive Kyle Manungai the rest of the way to stun Michigan State. It was just an unbelievable comeback victory, and one that we haven't had we haven't had anything like this to hang our hats on at Rutgers in quite a while. Again, this isn't maybe a quote-unquote signature win, but it's certainly a win that you can sit back and say, damn, I'm going to remember this thing, right? So really, really, really impressive game. It was, by the way, a very dreary, rainy Rutgers homecoming Saturday on a day that Rutgers had brought many recruits to. Dylan Harper and Ace Bailey, a few other Rutgers basketball recruits were there, as well as a few football recruits. Hopefully they stayed until the very end, because let me tell you, <laughs> I had a whole different podcast in my head heading into the fourth quarter. If those recruits left at the beginning of the fourth, they might have a much more poor opinion of Rutgers than if they stayed to the end, because boy, it was not going to be pretty, my podcast. Uh, with this win, by the way, again, I mentioned Rutgers is 5-2. and two. We're headed to Indiana for a winnable road game, again, and possibly a game that might be their only remaining winnable game of the season, honestly. I don't want to say that, but the four games we have after Indiana do not look very winnable. I mentioned this on last week's podcast. After we play Indiana on the road, we have Ohio State, we have Penn State, we have Iowa, and then we have Maryland. And I just don't see us winning any of those games. So we have to win against Indiana next week. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but again, right now we're five and two. We have a winnable game next week that might put us at six and two. Believe it or not, that's a fair chance. I would say to be hosting Ohio State at Rucker Stadium November fourth, being six and two. Boy, that's a nice thing to say, right? Now again, I, I don't want to characterize this as a signature win, but you know, it's finally a win in the Shiano 2.0 era, 2.0 era <laughs> that can be remembered for a while. And really, there hasn't been too many of them, you know, so far. We were starting the fourth quarter down 24 to 6. It was kind of unfathomable, you know, as it was unf- as, as unfathomable as you could imagine that we would come back and win this game, particularly with how disgusting Rutgers have been playing prior to, again, prior to that point. Now, more on that in a little bit. I'll, I'll talk about how the game developed a little later. But Rutgers needs to celebrate this victory right now. All right. And be happy with that. Understand that this is how they need to, you know, keep chopping, keep playing, but quickly celebrate it and quickly get this game out of their head. You know, focus on Indiana because that is 
as critical a game as we've had around here for Rutgers football as any in the Shano 2.0 era. A win next week, and we're in a bowl game. It feels really good to say that. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the game now. And I'm going to start with the bad because it'd be, we'll just do it in chronological order, right? Because it was a lot of bad followed by a lot of awesome. Um, so the first three quarters of the game, I'll talk about how we got there, and then we'll talk about the really good fourth quarter. So I thought this would be a game that was critical that Rutgers play with a lead, but it just wasn't meant to be. Michigan State got the ball on the opening kickoff. And something you don't say very often, Rutgers defense really let the team down to start the game Saturday. Michigan State is not a good team. They're kind of below average. Um, and they started the backup quarterback. They proceeded to drive right down the field on Rutgers, score a touchdown with very little resistance, by the way. Rutgers defense has been very, very good this year, right? They have been. Um, but there's no way to put any lipstick on this pig. You cannot come out on defense and let one of the biggest games of the year and let Michigan State drive right down the friggin' field and score a touchdown to start the game. But that's exactly what they did. It ended with a TD pass, which happened to be the very first touchdown pass of the new Spartan quarterback's career. His first ever TD pass. Come on, Rutgers D. Um, later on, with the game at 7-6, we had kicked a couple field goals. Rutgers defense had Michigan State in a third and 13. Then they proceeded to commit two different penalties on the same play, a roughing the passer and an interference, <laughs> giving them a first down. Uh, okay, it's a third and 13. You can't be doing that. Uh, also, by the way, we got a couple of bad breaks early on. This football was not bouncing our way again. I felt like a Giants-Eagles game where everything ends up in the Eagles' hands. This was the same thing in the first half. I, the, the Michigan State quarterback, I forget his name right now, dude, fourth down, tries to run, fumbles the ball, fumbles it forward. He recovers it himself and advances it for a first down. I mean, come on, on fourth down. Also, a pass to a Michigan State receiver kind of on the sideline. It was deflected by the RU defender. Then it bounced off hands two or three times. And then it was caught by Michigan State for first down. It was friggin' frustrating. Early on, it was very tough going. So many things went against us. Also, by the way, I don't know what it is with Rutgers and opposing teams' backup quarterbacks. What the hell is it? Why is it every single backup quarterback that faces Rutgers suddenly looks like Johnny Unitas against us? I mean, how does that happen? Every single time we face a backup quarterback, they kill us. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, back to the game. Um, Wimsat had his up and downs. He had a couple of really nice throws this game, actually. So um, as much as I have been killing Wimsat lately, and it's been a lot, um, you know, there was enough to kill him on in this game, too. But he did have some really nice throws mixed in. He started this game. His very first throw was a nice 29-yard pass to Dremel. Um, after that, <laughs> Wimsat's opening drive passes were not very great at all. And Rucker settled for a field goal. He then had another pretty damn good pass on Rucker's second pos- uh, possession. He completed a nice long pass to Ian Strong. Had a beautiful pass to Dremel on the sidelines after that. So Wimsat really started the game pretty decently. Um, although I got to tell you, a lot of times I want him to run him. I want Wimsat to run on some early third downs where he ended up getting sacked or throwing the ball away. Again, I don't feel like he has the best feel when he's in the pocket, you know, when to look at another receiver, when to take off. Maybe it's something he'll develop. I keep hearing he's only 19, blah, 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 blah. We'll see. Hopefully he will. Um, There were opportunities for him to tuck it and run that he missed. Then a ball finally bounced our way, finally bounced our way um, when Longerbeam, recovered a fumble after a completed pass. He knocked it out of the receiver's hands and then completed it. 
Uh, however, again, after that, on the first play from scrimmage, we ran like a quarterback sneak up the middle. Fake handoff run. I don't understand our play calls sometimes. Wimsat then proceeded to really, really on that possession, miss badly on a third and three. He like faked a handoff up the middle, rolled right. Nobody was in front of him between him and the little tight end running a drag route across the thing. So the tight end was like two, three yards past the line of scrimmage. And he fucking whiffed. I mean, he threw it really badly, high and wide. And I think the tight end might have got one hand on it. But again, we were on the Michigan State 37. There's nobody in between Wimsat and the tight end. He's on a two or three yard route. He could have caught it and with a good pass, maybe got the first down. But Wimsat missed him. And that's the kind of thing. See, guys, and I know that I take some heat myself from some of the fans I'll listen here and others for being too critical on Wimsat. And it's things like this. It's this kind of pass, not all the long, tougher ones sometimes, even though I do mention those as well. It's this. This pass, right? This is precisely what I mean when I get all over Wimsat for inaccuracy. This pass probably won't be mentioned in the post game. It won't be discussed in the articles, but it was third and 10. We're on the Michigan State 37, right? Wimsat rolls out. No one's in front of him. There's a wide open receiver, tight end, three yards in front of the line of scrimmage. I mean, this is, this is basically a 15, 20 foot pass. This is not a long pass. This play cannot happen. It just can't. Any normal college quarterback could have made that throw. I could have made that throw. And I mean, literally, right? Wimsat did make some good passes, you know, and some awful ones. But to come, by the way, to compound matters after that incomplete pass, for some bizarre reason, Shano then decided, it's a good idea. Let's put our previous terrible kicker, McAdamy, back in. And of course, McAdamy blew the long field goal badly. He missed it left by about 15 yards. It's like a 55-yard attempt. Um, Then after that, there was some ridiculous back and forth, you know. There was a fourth down targeting call. Oh, my God. That went against Powell, our excellent linebacker, on a running play. We stopped them on fourth down, made a beautiful stop in the backfield. They went to commercial. They came back on commercial. And then they said, oh, there's a targeting play, 15 yards, first down, and your best linebacker is thrown out of the game. I'm like, what kind of fucking commercial was that? Oh, God. But on the very next play, a little karma happened because Rutgers got the ball back on a fumble recovery. That lasted all three plays. Rutgers had the ball back. A high Wimsat throw deflected off of Ian Strong's hands and then was intercepted. So we gave the ball right back to Michigan State. This was really a bad pass, but it wasn't completely Wimsat's fault because Strong got a hand on it. And by the way, the play before, Ian Strong dropped what was an easy cat. So two straight plays, Strong had hands on the ball and dropped it. It was very, very rainy. There was a lot of people dropping a lot of things, but it was not a good look for Ian Strong, who I have been very, very high on and still am. In any case, it was turnover after turnover after turnover for a while. It was kind of dizzying back and forth. Longerbeam played a pretty good game, but he then dropped an interception near the end of the first half. The rain at that point was coming down really, really hard. And then, and disaster struck for us. It was still 17, I'm sorry, 7-6. to six, And Rochelle fumbled the punt. <laughs> fucking Rochelle. Uh, his third fucking fumbled punt this year. Why exactly, Shiano, is Rochelle still back there catching punts? One play later, Michigan State was in the end zone. Quarterback sneak, it was 14-6. It was another absolutely calamitous turnover by Rutgers this year. The third kind of such disaster we've had in the last four weeks. You might remember the famous Michigan pick six in a close game. The Wisconsin obviously pick six at the end of the first half. And then the Michigan State, you know, this one. <laughs> Fumble the punt, touchdown. Uh, after the 
proceeding kickoff. We got to delay a game on the side. I don't know. We had some some really terrible thing. And I'm getting up to the good part of the game, but I'm telling you, I don't. We were so bad, so bad, so bad. Um, Wimsat had another good sideline throw, followed by another awful interception by Wimsat. He just sailed it really high. And uh, what are you going to say? Rutgers continued, by the way, also to get penalty after penalty after freaking penalty getting called. They had their third interference penalty in the in the second quarter. Rutgers, by the way, in the second quarter alone, just the second quarter, committed six penalties for 70 yards. And in that same second quarter, we turned the ball over three times in one quarter, one friggin' quarter, six penalties, three turnovers in one quarter. What a nightmare. Two interceptions by Wimsat and one fumbled punt. Those penalties kind of allow Michigan State to go down the field again after the pick, and they kicked a field goal, and they were up 17-6 to at the halftime over Rutgers. And uh, in my head, I was just, again, we can't have this again, you're thinking, right, as a fan. Um, they started the third quarter with a couple runs up the middle, ended up punting, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, we had all 40 yards rushing in the middle of the third quarter, so nothing was really going well for Rutgers at that point, right? Um, Wimsat had another awful throw on third down um, in our opening possession. We were forced to punt there. Um, a long, methodical touchdown drive for Michigan State followed. You know, Rutgers defense crumbled. In my mind, what was at the worst time, I thought, putting Michigan State then up 24-6, to right? This is the first drive they had ha- after halftime. So it didn't have anything to do with a tired defense or anything else. It was just our defense not stopping Michigan State when we needed to. And it was 24-6, to Michigan State. Uh, then the fourth quarter came and everything changed, baby. Michigan State was punting on the very first play of the fourth quarter when the ball was dropped by their punter. They snapped the ball, dropped the snap. Rutgers recovered in the Michigan State end zone, and Rutgers had a TD, and it made it 24-13. And suddenly I sat up. I'm like, hmm, okay, 24-13. Then with about eight minutes, eight and a half minutes remaining, I believe it was, in the fourth quarter, Rutgers' offense actually scored a touchdown. We had our first offensive touchdown of the game with eight and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. Benungai ran during the drive and Wimsat threw, yes, threw a touchdown pass. Of course, it was to a more covered receiver when he had a wide open underneath receiver, even the commentator was saying, throw it to the over. Anyway, Rutgers, uh, Wimsat threw a really nice touchdown pass, uh, floated it over the head and uh, he made a much more difficult throw and he made it accurately. Uh, we then also got the two-point conversion, and it was 24-21 Wisconsin with eight minutes and 30 seconds remaining. Remember, it was 24-6 to heading into the fourth quarter. Then with eight minute and a half minutes left, it was 24-21. We then kicked off and had a pooch kickoff down 24-21, and it, it, they let the ball bounce on the kickoff around the 25-yard line. And then the Rutgers cover guy smashed into the receiver just as he was trying to catch the ball. And the Rutgers defender took the ball on the kickoff. And it was awesome. It was a gigantic play and continued the insane momentum that Rutgers had in the fourth quarter. One single play after that awesome recovery on the kickoff, Menungai was in the end zone. Barreling left and right, missing people, running over people. Um, and Rutgers had a 27-24 lead. Would have been 28-24. Well, of course, Rutgers being Rutgers, we blew the extra point on a muff snap. But Monongai, brilliant. One play, running left, running right, running past people, running over people, 
in the end zone. Rutgers had a, miraculously had a 27-24 lead in the fourth quarter. It was just insane. At that point, the sparse crowd that was sitting there, you know, drenched from the rain, went bonkers. My my son called me, FaceTime me in the middle of that. It was nuts. What a, what a what an incredible incredible time there. Michigan State then was forced to punt on the ensuing possession. And honestly, Michigan State never got the ball back after that. So they punted it off to us. They had all their timeouts left. We had about six minutes left. And amazingly, we were able to run out the whole rest of the fourth quarter with how good a running game in Menungai, how good Menungai ran the ball. Uh, Kyle Menungai took over and refused to be stopped. Rush after rush, he ran over defenders. He ran around defenders. And Rutgers essentially ran out the clock to cap what is an amazing, unlikely comeback win in a game that Rutgers desperately, desperately needed. It was just really, really an incredible win and, and something that will be remembered should this go on be, go on to be any kind of a season you know, that produces any kind of bowl game or bowl win. There are a few criticisms still. I mean, in addition to all the sloppy play and all the turnovers, one quickie, Rochelle continues to return punts. I mentioned that earlier. Why the frig is he doing that? Rochelle's a disaster back there. It's head-scratching. I mean, it makes me think he has some kind of blackmail pictures against Shiano or something. Because if he doesn't, I have no idea what the frig Shiano's doing, keeping keeping Rochelle returning kicks. Because he returns kicks, he returns punts, and he never gets anything. He mostly fair catches 90% of them. And then when he doesn't, he doesn't get anything. And he fumbles three times. So come on. By the end of the game, by the way, Dremel was in there. So maybe, maybe that's the ticket. Put in Dremel. Um, the other quick criticism, I continue to watch Rutgers running up the middle, first down after first down against good teams and good defenses, and it's infuriating. Come on, peeps. Fix up the play calling, run a few things, run a little play action, roll the quarterback out, run a screen play, something else, guys. Can we can we do something besides run up the middle every friggin' first down? All right, so that's my criticisms out of the way. Um, I got that out of my system, and I'm going to wrap up this happy, happy, happy version of the Jersey Guy Sports Podcast by saying this. <clears throat> this year felt better, right, than previous Rutgers football years. And I have to say that. Going to games this year, watching them on TV, it didn't seem it didn't seem like night and day. I'm not saying that. It's not night and day from previous years. But there was a feeling, just a feeling, watching this team that we are improved. You could feel the maturity of Rutgers recruits that Shano's had on the team now for three, four, five years. <clears throat> and it's something that, while I can articulate, I can't give you any data around because they did this better, they did that better. You know, I've had, you know, plenty of complaints about Wimsatz and his inaccuracy and plenty of complaints about the offense and general and other things. But the maturity of the defense, the consistency of the Rutgers defense Certainly is there and continues to this day. But there was a feeling around this team, you know, heading into this game that this is a better team than previous years. You know, we I'm talking specifically about since Shiano came back, his 2.0 era. And heading into this game, you felt that way, right? But if they had lost this game, particularly losing it in what would have been as ugly a way, <coughs> excuse me, as they appeared to be heading going into that fourth quarter then this season might not have been any different from all the previous years. That feeling wouldn't have been validated. Instead, the feeling that this it really is a little bit better team, although not maybe a particularly really good Big Ten team, but a better team and a competitive team, it stands. It does. And it feels kind of validating, you know, 
to see a result that's kind of worthy of that kind of assessment. They won a game that they had no right to win today. <laughs> they really didn't. And that is something different. And that's what we need from this football team, something different from the previous years. And this is a memorable, exciting, incredible win that will be remembered. Now, again, <clears throat> they don't want to lose next week to an awful Indiana team on the road. That will be <laughs> that would be the Rutgers thing to do, right? But as of now, you know, Rutgers fans, you can feel good for a whole week. Rutgers is 5-0 and at home this year. Rutgers is 5-2 and overall, losing only to number two Michigan on the road and to Wisconsin on the road in a game I really thought they should have actually won. Shano's favorite mantra, you know, keep chopping. It really, really held true today. And Rutgers' persistence and effort finally garnered a tremendous unexpected victory to put Rutgers one win from a bowl berth. Anyway, soak it in, Rutgers fans. This is a day to remember. Let's go, are you, baby? All right, that's all I have for you today. So I'm going to get out of here. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.